This podcast is brought to you by JAM, Junction Arts and Media, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier, and we argue, most important questions. What should you read next? I'm Lisa, co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. And now the talent for this podcast will introduce themselves. I'm Carrie, one of the co-owners of the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont. I'm Allie. I own Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. And I'm Emma, one of the co-owners of the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. And if you're a recurring listener, you know our episodes answer questions from listeners. So please send us your reading dilemma to shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or use your preferred social media method to reach any of these three amazing independent bookstores. We do our best to answer all questions we receive in upcoming episodes. And with that, we jump into recommendations and book talk. For this episode, each bookseller has been asked to discuss one book they recommend that answers today's question. And today's question comes from Devin via email, in which she asks, where can I find a feminist rethinking slash revisioning of the hero cycle slash the hero's journey? Said another way, what is the heroine's journey and what is the folktale slash literary trail that tells us this monomyth? We just coined a, ter- a term that I feel like I've heard before, yeah, the Shiro's journey. So we didn't coin it, but we were using it to sort of describe in shorthand what this one is about. We need books about Shiro's. So who wants to start? I'll start. Because <laughs> I feel like if I listen to you two, I'm going to be like, oh, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to admit that I wasn't really familiar with the hero's journey as a concept. So I, I mean, I like, I've heard of it and I know it's like an archetype, but like, I just didn't really know what it entailed. So I turned to Wikipedia. And so in case anybody out there listening is wondering, in narratology and comparative mythology, the hero's journey or monomyth, which also clarified the question a little for me, is the common template of stories that involve a hero who goes on an adventure, is victorious in a decisive crisis, and comes home changed or transformed. So that's that was helpful. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. clear. Thank yeah. you, Wikipedia. Yeah. So yeah. even before I heard this definition, I kind of had one book jumping to mind, and I wasn't really sure if it fully fit. And it is a book that I've recommended on this podcast before, and I, like... If you go back to the episode where I <laughs> where I pitch the shame by McKenna Goodman, oh, no. I like kind of fell flat on my face in the middle of that description. Like I realized, I'm sure we do you ever have? That yeah, I like, don't remember that at all. No, I like, remember that. You all <laughs> have those times where, like, in your head, you're talking, and I'm sure it sounds fine externally, but you're like, "Whoa, I totally am not <laughs> saying what I thought I was saying. <laughs> I don't know how anyone's following me. So who knows what the final." version sounded like but now you know I'm taking another opportunity <laughs> to, Take two. to tell you about the shame so the shame formally at least fits this hero's journey setup it is it this is simplifying it to say um, that it is about a woman who is driving away from her home in rural Vermont we find out through recollections where she's driving to it turns out to be New York why she's driving there it turns out to be a lot of things So the story goes from there. It's not, so very clearly we have the hero's journey set up. 
I don't want to say where it exactly goes because I think whether it closely or does not closely fit the rest of the hero's journey cycle, I I fear to say that because I think McKenna Goodman in this book is actually exploring like the very question that you're asking. She talks a lot about how she's super inspired by Greek myth. So I think it would be crazy if she did not, at least in yeah. some regard, <laughs> think of her book in this way. Maybe not while writing, but certainly in the conversation she's had since. And so it is just so full. It's not just about this journey. In the recollections, we get musings on capitalism and psychology and femininity and motherhood and social media. We get these gorgeous little vignettes of various avian life um, that come in kind of bizarrely. It's very much the fever dream kind of book, and it is super short, and it's fantastic. And I think that it lets us see, okay, there's a difference between a hero and a heroine. There's like different roles that have been assigned to us, and so perhaps the heroine's journey can't exist in the same exact way that the hero's journey can. And I think that's what she's playing with here. And it's just one of my favorite books. Did I do better this time? I have no idea because I thought you did great last time. I do want to read it. I do want to read it. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like I got a little dissertation right there, too. So that was was, good. I had a thesis. Yeah. That was impressive. I was like, there was a, yeah. Having read it and probably, and doing more of like, reading more fantasy than I do and probably engaging a little bit more with mythology than I do based on what you read, like, I'm curious to hear what, Emma, your thoughts are about The Shame as the hero's journey. So it's been a little while. I actually read The Shame before moving to Vermont when I was thinking about buying a bookstore in Vermont because it was set in Vermont. And I was like, ah, I want to read about Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I got. (laughs) (laughs) And how much like Vermont has it been? (laughs) There's some good slice of life in there, but not not Uh, much. (laughs) I'm here, aren't I? And have you run away yet to New York because you're obsessed with Ceramicist who presents her life in a specific way on social media? Not yet. But have you considered it? I'm, I'm sure that that line in my life is out there. Um, no, I think that's a really interesting interpretation of it. And I, I can't really remember. I think the beginning for sure. I can't totally remember then where she goes. But the thing about the hero's journey, like, aren't we all on like a journey and don't we all like basically follow that I path mean if, if home you like, is distill like it? being not alive anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> isn't it very very waves Walt Whitman wow. right now all returning to the sea yeah Whew. but no I think that's really interesting it makes me want to go reread that and oh, like you think totally about should. it and I haven't read it yet so oh I'll you should read, read it, it and it's then it's I will really good. Back to you. and McKenna's delightful delightful okay cool and it's one of the books that I reread somewhat oh. regularly it's maybe really, I'll have really to borrow good. your copy yeah I actually today I was looking for my like marked up copy <laughs> I think I gave it to someone, and I'm so mad, and I'm trying to remember who has it, and I thought that it would be okay to give them the marked up one, but it wasn't. This is a theme of people sitting in that seat to record podcasts today. Ask them to give it back to you. Because both of you all have given dear books to someone and not gotten them back. (laughs) here's the thing. Um, I don't loan a book to someone unless I, like, don't care if I get it back at all. right. Because I don't return books right. to people. Because yeah. you have an expectation you're not going to yeah. see it again. I'm yeah. a reformed yeah. book stealer. 
<gasps> How did you change? I, I just try not to borrow other people's books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. Exactly. And, all this and then just quit cold turkey. And then I'm, but I'm, now I'm stuck with these books that like I still haven't read. And like I know who they go to, but it's been years. And I can't get rid of them because they're not my books to get rid of. But oh, I can't give them back. Oh, that you would should. be weird. I, I don't even know where you live them. anymore. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it causes some stress for me. Maybe I, you just send them back with a sticky note. It causes note. some shame. Yeah, some it shame. does. To bring it yeah. back, I actually have one person who lent me a stack of books, and I don't think he ever got that stack of books back. And that's the one that I'm like, I feel very guilty about, and carry that around with me, and will one day write a book about going on a drive and thinking about that one moment, maybe to keep talking about the shame. But yeah, sorry, Ravi. Yeah. If David's letting us put any of this on there, and if Ravi is, is listening. listening, not Ravi, that's my Ravi, fiance. Yeah. Ravi, well, I was gonna say to cut he, this he off. lives with you. <laughs> is it really too stealing when he lives with you? All the yes, exactly. <laughs> when I, you know, grab yeah, your stuff, no. touching his would books. not be would I, not be stealing from I Ravi. I feel yeah. as well that I can give you all like an out and be like, if you have a stack of books that you borrowed from someone that you have not yet read. I think it's okay to send them back to the person you borrowed them from with a sticky note on it saying, I have realized that I am never going to find time to read these. Thank you so much for allowing them to sit by my bedstand for six years. And this does yeah. not apply to me because oh. I, I do not know where this person lives. Oh, yeah. okay. Same. Same. That also, know where they live. she very specifically told me almost 10 years ago, Emma, do not steal this book from me. You have to give it back. And I wow. did not. I'm sorry, Kirby. Is there a, is there wow. a signature in it? Is no. it signed? No. What book it's is a first it? edition? No, it's no. a book. It's a book about uh, symbols. It's like a symbol dictionary. Oh, cool. You know, I, I feel like there's a future podcast that we have of each of us names the book that we still have that should have been returned. Yeah. Also, four collections of poetry from my sister's best friend. I still haven't read any of them. <laughs> but I want to. Carrie, do you have anything you need to fess up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I books. definitely do. Sorry. The only reason I haven't been participating in this conversation is because I'm remoting in with a tech guy right now. I cannot take any books from anyone anymore. I actually had a customer come in the other day. We were talking about something completely different and out of the blue. She kind of like... Play, playfully backhanded my arm and was like, by the way, I want my books back. Oh. <laughs> and she told me at the time that she was definitely going to want them back because they are like these really, like, I think they're all out of print. Oh. These epic fantasy novels that are like 800 pages long. And I really wanted to read them, but the, it was during the pandemic that she, I think she loaned them to me February of 2020. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so it just did not It happen. didn't happen. But I still have them in a bag. So like I, you could return them. They're ready. Yeah. I can do it. But I, I was super embarrassed about it, which is why I hadn't given them back to her yet. And isn't so. that funny? Because like they just want their books back and like, yeah. it'll feel better I once it's bad happens. that I hadn't read them. Yes. Though. See, because, that's yeah. the part. That's yeah. the shame part. Like, there's two parts of the shame. One, mm -hmm. I haven't gone for back. so long. And two, yeah. I haven't yet read haven't this. Read yeah. mm -hmm. But I think you can, like, again, I think you can give yourself permission to just admit that. Like, I oh, yeah. really, really, I never really have a hard time admitting that I am not going <laughs> to yeah. ever get around to reading a book. Yeah. I've actually stopped, like, recently, I've started to try to think of my job because I just, I will never be reading the amount that I want to be when I'm in this job. So I started to think of it as like 
and I think probably this has dawned on other bookstore owners way sooner than me, but like my new focus is just like funneling arcs to the right person. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which like is really obvious, but like I'm putting more effort into it so that when there's a book that I really want to read for a rep or because a friend Mm -hmm. recommended it, I'm just like, okay. I'm not going to, but I know a reader for this. <laughs> but that's a skill set. That's an important skill set. Yeah, and I still get to be a bookseller. It's I sell books to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Your staff are your customers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it, in a certain you, sense that you is did the that like to me. customer care, or not yeah. the customer care, but like the Zingerman's has this like model of model of service service leadership, where like you take care of your staff your staff takes care of the customers yeah so there you go there you go your our staff are our customers mm-hmm. yeah no, <laughs> you like this and you 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 did that to me i got a maggie smith galley yeah. from you oh, that's coming out in april that Read you're it. like you I, I did and and you will not get it back because it is so marked up with my notes that is fair. or you will get it back and you will just have to you will get great insight into my life i write but, bring back to Allie and sharpie on the covers yeah, you did, that I you want. did not write this on this one <laughs> yeah no, you, you gave smart. it to me and you're that's like i will never read this and i feel like you should yeah <laughs> and so it was yeah good it was go. a good it was, and it was a very i finished it last night um and talked with my therapist about the entire oh book. Oh my god, I'm so wow. happy. Like literally was like reading page sixty and this quote and page eighty seven and this quote. Yeah, it was it was pretty and oh, it was so an great. amazing, incredible experience that you gave me mm-hmm. the cover. So it's it comes Fantastic. out on April fourth. I will recommend it to everyone when the time comes. But it's a new Maggie Smith. The American Maggie Smith, not the British Maggie Smith. So not the dame. And Carrie, I don't know if you want to go next, but I was thinking the stack of books of fantasy that you haven't yet returned are sort of on the Shiro's journey. Kind like, of. I was actually going to say, speaking of therapy, my recommendation has to do with therapy. Um, <laughs> New shelf help drinking game rule. So speaking we have like therapy. a running <laughs> <laughs> therapy and two shots if Allie doesn't mention it. <laughs> so, so we're starting 2023 off with a very good, you guys are going to get lubricated. So I actually have two recommendations. Okay. One of them is much more like literal and this this person's, it might be, because there's like only one book yeah. that I know of. The heroine with a a Thousand and One Faces by yeah. Maria Tatar. Yeah, so Maria Tatar is, she is at Harvard, and she is research professor of Germanic languages and literatures and of folklore and mythology. When I was introduced to her, basically somebody just told me that she was a fairy tale scholar. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, uh, I get that. I know, <laughs> that's, that's, if I had known that that was a thing, that's know. exactly what I would have wanted to do. I So... I just started this book. I have not gotten very far into it at all, so I will read you the little one-sentence thing that is online. World-renowned folklorist Maria Tatar reveals an astonishing but long-buried history of heroines taking us from Cassandra and Scheherazade to Nancy Drew and Wonder Woman. So, and it's in, like, direct response to Joseph Campbell's Here with a Thousand Faces. Specifically, if you want to know about feminist version of the hero's journey i think she would be a really good one to read but my more fun version of this is a book called how to be eaten by maria adelman and in this one it's it's present day new york city but there's 
five contemporary reimaginings of fairy tale characters who are invited to attend group therapy together. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it so and there's like nefarious things going on behind the scenes, but the main storyline is, you know, each each chapter is like a week that they meet and one of the characters talks about their trauma each time. Sometimes they want to, sometimes they don't want to. And they all kind of try to help themselves through it or help help themselves figure out how to even approach it. So and it's got everybody from like a version of Little Red Riding Hood to a reality TV star, which I think is a really interesting contemporary way of looking mm-hmm. at it. Because in her particular case, it's like who she was as a person versus who the media portrayed her as. That's kind of what they're doing with all these fairy tale characters too, but it's neat to also see what we're doing in real life right now with these people that are willing to be on TV for our entertainment. So there's a really weird twist, twist in the story as to how they all come together that I still don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's like real dark and weird. And I read a lot of weird, weird, dark things, but it was, yeah, it made me feel strange. But the book definitely makes you think. And I think it's it's a nice kind of more meta way of looking at reimagining because I do think, I think a lot of the books that are coming out right now are reimaginings of the yes. hero's cycle. Like there's mythology retellings are very in. Yeah. There's another good one coming out called Stone Blind that's a retelling oh, of Medusa. That? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I love it. I just assume mm. that these aren't going to be good until I liked it. otherwise. That's it's, great because I wanted to read that. Yeah, it's a big discussion on like who decides who the monster is. Mm. Oh, wow. Because Medusa yeah. was the monster and the whole point of that guy's journey was to get her head. But right. she was just living her life. She didn't know she was a monster. <laughs> Fuck you, patriarchy. <laughs> I'm showing my age. It reminds me of like the 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 fatal attraction controversy of like who who was really the villain yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone hated the Glenn Close character. She boils bunnies. Not cool. And she, the male character acted horribly, mm-hmm. and so but didn't get any backlash. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like, who really is the villain here? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot, like, you kind of, if we were standing in front of a bookcase right now, I could probably hand you five things that would be a retelling of of something. It's just very popular right now. So I'm really sorry that I stole your book, Emma. No, that's fine. Okay, good. I think I was like, someone's got to bring this up. Um, That was not my main book. I was like, here's the literal, if you're looking for the theory. Yeah. But my recommendation for fiction reading is actually what I think we can all agree is the book that started the mythology retellings being so popular and that's Circe by Madeline Miller. You've probably already read it. Yep. But just in case you haven't, it's incredible. I highly recommend the audio version. The narrator who reads it has a voice like smoke and cream and it's amazing. But what I really liked about Circe is this idea that Madeline Miller took the Odyssey, where Circe is a very minor character, took that character, wrote out her story, and gave Odysseus the exact same amount of physical space on the page as Circe was given in the Odyssey. So it's a real kind of flip on its head. I got to see Madeline Miller at a book event pre-pandemic, and it was maybe the best event I've ever been to, and I've, I've been to a lot of events. But she's just so... 
she's so smart and it felt like going to like a college class that like was actually very fascinating if like you're into learning things she just she was so knowledgeable and so fascinating and like a lot of times author events can just be like a reading and then like a discussion but she talked about like theory and just like got really deep into mythology and stuff and you can tell like she knows what she's talking about so yeah Cersei it's really good (laughs) I love that book and I hadn't thought about the time on the page until you just Neither mentioned had it. I. If she, that's like one of the things that she talked about. Anyway, if you have not heard of Cersei before, it's uh, a woman's journey. This woman who is a character in Greek mythology who has the voice of a human but is a god or a half god. She gets cast out. She has to live on an island all alone. She realizes she's a witch because all of my favorite books involve women realizing <laughs> they're witches. And it just goes from there and it deals with motherhood and yeah. personhood and it's just really really good so i meant to read cersei when it came out listen to the audiobook i think i'm going to it's so good it, and i i, I have finished to say it I, was, and I, started I was so again. excited about it like in 2016 is that 2019 maybe 2018 it oh, was 2018 right. yeah. 2018 yeah. 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 it was 2018 because i was so in new york was at the time yeah no because i wasn't i was it was my brief break of I was in publishing mm. instead of book selling, so I didn't get to uh, get all of the <laughs> only some cool arcs. <laughs> only, only some of the guys. I had to like ask my friends at other houses or go on like job interviews to get Riverhead arcs. We'll go on job interview to get Riverhead arcs. That's really funny. That was obviously not actually why I was yeah, applying no. for the job, just to clarify. I love Riverhead. She didn't really mean that. I really wanted it. <laughs> But I I just kind of forgot to read it, and then I stopped wanting to when it blew up on yeah, TikTok. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm, like, so glad that you did, because I was wondering who was going to talk about Cersei. So I'm so glad that to. you did, because now call. I think I will listen to it. That's or at the, least the first hour. Yeah. That's one of the few <laughs> books that, like, I also didn't read it because of the hype. Yeah. But then eventually I was like, this just sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> And it really, like, that book truly is deserving. And it's cool to hear that she's, like, so smart. So smart. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of has to be to put together the book. I mean, because it's it's just clever. Without being clever. Like, you don't notice how clever it is. You just, which is kind of the definition of cleverness. Yeah. Like, she's not trying to show how clever she is. And it's clever. And that's the that's the thing about the mythology retellings. I don't mean to throw shade at like this new or burgeoning genre. I just feel like sometimes it, people are just like jumping on the bandwagon of a fad. And you really got to know the mythology in order to like tweak it well. Cool. Although I must say you don't need to know the mythology to uh, enjoy Cersei. I still have not read the Odyssey. And I loved Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> Still just scarred from the Odyssey. I think that was probably my least favorite thing I had to read in school. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. With that, we end today's book talk. And to some, we discussed, and we're going to start with Allie and then go forward from there. I discussed The Shame by Vermont author McKenna Goodman. I discussed Heroin with a Thousand and One Faces by Maria Tatar and How to Be Eaten by Maria Adelman and also mentioned to Stoneblind coming out soon from Natalie Haynes. And I recommended Circe by Madeline Miller. 
And with that, we end this episode. Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help readers find their next great book. JAM or JAM or Junction Arts and Media, and these three fabulous Upper Valley bookstores, the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you've got a reading dilemma, email us a question or a voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or contact any of these three fabulous stores using your preferred social media. We're here to help your shelves. Thanks for being with us and see you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to this Jam podcast. If you have found this program interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content or learn how to produce your own media, please visit us at uvjam.org.